Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Greg. I'm the Youth and Children's Director here at Sunrise, and sometimes they let me preach. Today is one of those days. So I'm excited to get to share with you something that God's been placing on my heart, but also the fact that I am not the only one who is sharing today. You're going to be hearing from a bunch of different people, actually. That's why you see these chairs. That wasn't a mistake. That's on purpose. So um, we're going to be hearing from some amazing youth today. And so uh, we can be praying for them because I know that some of them are nervous. And so, uh, but it'll be awesome because that's part of being family as we get to do things together and uh, see each other grow. So, uh, but before I get too far into it, I see a lot of children in here that would not like to be a part of my sermon. And uh, <laughs> we're going to excuse them to children in worship. Uh, that's for ages three years old up to fifth grade. We have an awesome programs for them. Uh, also, we have our nursery available to you guys as well. Which one? One, two, testing one, two. Is that better? Okay. Should I change the mic? Okay. Testing one, two. Oh, that sounds dramatically better. Okay. We can do this. All right, so children, I get to go. Uh, I think I was saying the nursery is available as well. Um, that's where you'll see um, my wife, actually. Um, so that's where she's at. Um, not that anyone was worried about that, but that's just a random thing that popped in my head. So there you go. <laughs> All right, uh, so we're going to get started. Uh, I'm so excited about what I get to share with you today. We're going to be in Psalm 78, so if you want to turn your Bibles there, um, and as you get turned there, um, one of the things I get to do as the youth leader is I get to play a bunch of random games, and so I um, just get to have a slew of games that I get to practice and play and uh, random things, um, and so one of the games that I love to play is called Telestration, and not that we actually call it that, but I looked it up, and that's the actual name of this game. And so what it is, it's like the game Telephone and Pictionary put together. And so how it works is we have a bunch of little pads of paper, and uh, you'll get a word or a phrase, and then you'll look at that, and then you'll say, okay, and then you will then flip the page, and you'll draw that word or phrase. And then you pass it to the person on your left, and then they will look at that picture and say, oh, obviously that's this. And then they'll flip the page and write that. And so you just go around and around until everyone's had a turn to see each of the tablets. And then uh, after that's done, you'll get your original one back. And usually it'll be completely different than what you originally started with. So I have an example for us uh, on the screen. So it started off with movie star. And so someone drew this amazing picture. Uh, and then person nailed it, right? Movie star. The next person then puts on... There's two people in a square with a bunch of dots plus star, and then that turns into people in a box and a star. So, okay, yeah. Uh, then the next person has to draw that, and they draw a perfect example of that, uh, people in a box and a star, which then, of course, obviously turns into Jesus' family, you know, 100%, yeah natural progression there. Um, and so uh, that's the game. It's an amazing game. And I love this game because it just really highlights uh, how easy it is to misinterpret things, to, to grab onto things that really weren't meant to be grabbed on when you, you, there's sometimes when people are drawing things and you're like, ooh, 
uh, I maybe added a little too much, or I maybe should have done a little bit more. And, and so it's just fun. There's usually about 10 to 15 minutes after we're done playing the game that we just sit there and laugh and laugh and laugh about how Movie Star can turn into Jesus' family. And that's only six boxes. I mean, if you continue on with the, our size of group, it gets way worse. Um, so, uh, or better, you know, really. But, uh, you know, misunderstandings, misinterpretations, they're fun when it comes to games. But one place we never want to see them happening in is our faith. And we never want to go to a place where we're just misunderstanding so many things when we base our faith on those things. And so really, when it comes to our faith, what we would want to do is always go back to the original source. It's like if we were playing the game with our faith, we'd always want to go back to page one and relook at that before we wrote down or drew anything. We'd always want to go back to the original source and say, what does it have to say to me? What does it have to say to me? Not, I don't want to hear just your interpretation of it. I want to go back to it myself. And so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about here in Psalm 78. And so if you'll uh, uh, turn with me, we'll have the Spanish on the screen as well. And this is what the Word of God says. It says, My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with parable or with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from old, things that... Uh, Things we have heard and know, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from our, their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonder he has done. He decreed status for Jacob. He established the law of Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. They, in turn, would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would, not, or, but would keep his commands. They, they would not be like their ancestors, as stubborn and rebellious generations whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were, uh, whose spirits were not faithful to him. What Psalm 78 is uh, doing is first trying to grab our attention in those first four verses. It's trying to help us understand that this is something that we need to listen up to. Uh, you'll see things like listen and hear. And uh, the author there is trying to help the, the audience to, to know that they, they need to lean into this. They need to hear it. This is a historical teaching text. And so what happens uh, after this is you're going to see a lesson, a teaching from the psalmist. And uh, right after those four verses as well, we see that the, uh, the author pauses for a moment because he wants to remind his audience that they're not just learning this stuff for themselves. They're learning this as for something to pass on to the next generation. This isn't just about you. This is also about your kids and their kids and their grand, grand kid, you know, grandkids and, and all of those, your, your descendants. This is something not just for you but for your family. And he pulls the, the, from Deuteronomy 6, 1 and 2, this commandment that we have from uh, Moses, actually, uh, which says, These are the commands and decrees and laws that the Lord your God directed me to teach you and observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the, your, uh, fear the Lord, uh, your God, as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy a long life. So this isn't about you. This is about so much more. 
the author is reminding that passing on our faith to our kids is not just a good idea. It's actually a command from God. It's a command that each parent is, is supposed to be in charge of their child's faith. That, that it's their responsibility as a parent to pass on their faith to their children. Not just a good idea, but it's, an, that, it's that status of importance. And it's something here we take very serious at sunrise. I mean, that's why when you see uh, an infant baptism or a child getting baptized here on stage, we as a community uh, stand up and say we will partner with those parents and we commit to them and we say that we will, we will help you, we will be there for you. you, we will help you grow your child in the faith. And as God's covenant community, that's, that's what we promise and I think that's such a great thing that we should pay attention to. That, that kind of covenantal promise is similar to what we see in wedding vows. And that's the seriousness that we should take when we, we make that promise to that family that we will be there for that, those children, to pass on the faith to them, to pass on what we know and have so that they can continue on and live for God. What Psalm 71, or 78, sorry, does after this is it starts to tell the story of Israel. It starts to talk about uh, when uh, Israel was in Egypt and they were slaves and they were captives. And it talks about how God rescued uh, them. And then it talks about them being in the wilderness and walking through and, and the times they turned their back on God and, and the times that they got it right. And it kind of walks through that story of Israel. What the author is doing here is he's helping his readers to understand that God has been working a plan to draw a people to him, a community to him, and that God is the one who's rescuing us. He's the one that's been doing all the work. Psalm 78 is doing, uh, what it's doing is inviting his, the people to remember the larger story of God to remind his people that it's not just about you personally right now, but it's about something he's doing throughout time from generation to generation and over our entire lifespan. And this is important for us to understand. And here's why. I, I was thinking about this, and I think so often we can get stuck just here in the here and now, today, the next hour. What's going on? What's going bad? Right, And so uh, I was thinking about an experience I had not too long ago. Um, it was at this uh, thing called Teens Encounter Christ Tech. Um, I've been involved with several of them. And I have this random thing that happens to me um, maybe every other time I go to a tech. And that is that something at my house breaks almost every time. Uh, and it's always random, like something different. It could be an appliance. One time I came home and the fridge was just messed up. They had froze over, and I was like, great, I have to deal with that. Uh, one time I came home and the garage door uh, opener, the spring on it, just snapped. And I was like, great, got to deal with that. Um, one time it was our AC, and that was terrible because it was summer, and it just stopped working. And I, I was like, I'll have to deal with that. It's always something that seems to break every other time I do tech. Um, but one time, this last time, I had gone home, because you get about an hour to go home and shower and just be okay for a moment and <laughs> not be in charge of kids. And so I went home, took my shower, got out, and realized that our toilet was broken. And I just was like, really? 
Are you serious? The toilet's broken. And just for the next, like, 30 minutes that I was home, I was just angry about the toilet being broken. It wasn't just a needed plunge. Like, it needed parts, right? And so I was like, great. Now I have to deal with that. And I was so angry. Got in the car, headed back to the retreat. And then all of a sudden, it was just like a light bulb turned on. It was a Holy Spirit moment. It's the only thing I can describe it as. And it was this, I, it was like God pulled me out of my my funk of being focused on the toilet and said, what are you going back to? I'm going back to an amazing retreat where, where I'm seeing some of my youth grow in their faith in some amazing ways. I'm seeing kids who are stepping up uh, to be leaders and, and, and really lead other kids to faith. I'm seeing some kids who are, for the first time, coming to know who Jesus is, and I'm angry about a broken toilet. What's really important this weekend? And I just started laughing. I was like, you know what? I don't know what it is. Could just be random. Could be Satan. I don't know what it is that broke the toilet. Um, but I'm not going to let that broken toilet steal my, my joy today. And I just started to laugh and say, it's going to take a lot more than a toilet to steal my joy. And I started thinking about the fact that there's a lot of times that we do that. We let the broken toilets of our life still our joy. When God is doing so much better stuff in our life, when you look at it from, from pulling back from this, this moment. And I think that's exactly what the author's trying to help us understand. He said, look at, look at the lifespan of Israel. Look at, look at what's happening throughout your entire life and see how God's been working. I mean, when I look back in my life, I can see how God's been working even before I knew to call out his name. Even before I knew that he had died on the cross for me and saved me from my sins, before I had that, uh, that uh, awakening, he had already been working in my life. How good is God that I'm going to let a broken toilet sometimes in life steal that from me? And so it's important for us to chew on, to remember, to reflect on what God is doing throughout our entire life And what's awesome is you don't see this just in Psalm 78. You're going to see this constantly throughout Scripture where the authors are going to point back to the whole story of Scripture because God, throughout the entire uh, creation of, of us, has been constantly working and bringing us back to him and drawing us near to him and calling out to us. And we see that even in Acts 2 and 3 where Peter is constantly referring back to the, the First Testament and he's saying, look at the teachers and the prophets. They all point back to who Jesus is, that he is the Messiah. He is the King. And I love that Stephen, uh, Deacon Stephen, when, when he was on trial in his last moments, when, they, when he gave him a chance to defend himself, he goes again all the way back to Exodus, and he tells the story. I love Stephen's sermon. It's so deep. If you had a moment to talk, that he, he nails it, right? And his point at the end is that we have been a stiff-necked people when we don't remember who God is, and importantly, who Jesus is. So the important thing for us to remember are these stories. And the awesome thing about uh, being adopted into God's family as a Christian is that you don't have to just reflect on your own personal stories. It's not just like, what does God have done with me? Just only that. But when we're adopted, we get to inherit these stories as our family legacy. We get to read the scripture and be able to say, this is what 
great grandpa David did in our family, right? We we get to inherit those stories as our family legacy and we can we can chew on them, we can reflect on them, we can grow from them. And so that's what's important for us is is to actually dig into a scripture and allow it to transform our lives. That's what it's there for, to help us grow and understand. These are not just fables passed down to us to pull random good truths from. These are, these are true stories that have been given to us by the Holy Spirit to point back to who God is, to open up our eyes. Uh, I love how Russ constantly uh, will remind me of this. He says, these are, these are like the glasses of understanding who God is. And so when we don't put on our glasses several times, we can get it wrong about who God is. We have to be diving into our scripture to understand who we are in God's big plan in life. And when we dive into God's plan, we dive into his scripture, the one thing that we should remember is it's not just good information, but this should be transformative in our life. Like Romans 12, my favorite verse in the Bible, Romans 12, 2, that says, do not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the renewing of your mind. That's daily as you dive into the scripture. Then you will be able to test and see and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. As you reflect, as you chew on, as you dive into God's word, it will bring new things to light. That's what I love. I I got to be in a a Bible class uh, with this amazing professor. um, Dr. Golden Gay uh, is his name. He's, He's... like he's really he's written commentaries on the the um, Old Testament. He he's just a really knowledgeable guy. He's best friends with N.T. Wright. Like this is that like level of status. And I got to be in his class. And one of the things that blew me away was just how much he said was left to still learn. I mean, this man had studied over. I mean, he had a few doctorates. Like he's just a really smart guy. He's read the the Old Testament over and over and over and over again. And yet, he said there was still so much for him to learn. And that hunger and that desire to still gain from the Bible is probably what I walked away most from his class. Was that it doesn't matter how much you're an expert on this, God has so much more to teach us. And so, it's important for each one of us to be ready to dive in and gain that kind of knowledge. So, my first question of how this applies to us today is how much do you know your story? How how much have you been diving into your inheritance of the scriptures and allowing that to transform your life? It's not just that I kind of know the stories. These stories have so much to teach us. And I think so many times, and myself included, this is not me saying, like, I know things, you know. No, this is... How often do I take this for granted and just assume that, yeah, if, if I need it, I'll, I'll find it. But God has so much for us. If we just dive into it daily, you'll start to notice that the, the broken toilets of life kind of fade away. And you can focus on the big story of what God's doing in our life. that gives us the joy, the peace, the comfort, the ability to get through those hard moments. So how much are you diving into your stories? And the second thing is, how are you chewing on them? 
How are, how are you uh, being able to dive into those? Are you just doing it here on Sunday morning? Because I got to tell you, you're missing it if that's all you're ever you're doing. God has so much more he wants to teach you each and every day. And actually, that's one of the things that I'm going to now invite our youth group up. Because one thing that we have been doing, so guys, go ahead and come on up, uh, is uh, we have been going through Acts. And we've been going through Acts pretty slowly. We've been kind of chewing on each of the parts. And so I want to invite some of the youth up here the high school youth, to, to be able to share a little bit of what we learned through Acts. Uh, and the whole point that we did when we did this was to uh, ask the question, what is happening in Acts and how should we live in light of that? How, how, what things should we do? Make sure it's part of our community as believers. And so I have asked a few of the youth to share a little bit. I'll have them um, have this mic here. Should we have another mic? Maybe not. Wait. This is number 20. Okay. So I'm going to ask them a few questions. Um, and this is all around what we learned in Acts. And so my first question, as I kind of scoot out of the way, is to, to Job. And that is... Um, in light of what you have learned in Acts, uh, what does it mean to be a part of God's community? Um, well, during the whole book of Acts, there's like a reoccurring theme, um, community, growing together spiritually, and just getting to know one another, like, as a family. Um, I'll be going over Acts 2, 42 through 47, if you guys want to turn to there. Um, I want to read verse uh, 45 through 46 um, specifically. They sold their property and their possessions, and they shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Um, I picked these two verses because, like, it showed, like, a culture they made uh, where they would care for one another more than they cared about themselves. And like, that that just is so amazing to see because like, um, that's what a family's supposed to do. Like you always put your family ahead of yourself. Um, and that just brings uh, joy to one another and just knowing that you have someone there. Um, I also wanted to say, uh, this reminds me of John thirteen thirty five. Um, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Um, I think that ties in a good amount because, obviously, your love for one another will show that you're mine. So um, having this love for one another is very important. Um, at the end of Acts 2, 47... It says, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Um, this type of care uh, helps us grow uh, together as one and with one focus, God. Awesome. I love that. I think it's so important that that's what identifies us as, as believers, is the love that we share with one another. And I, I, what I get to experience uh, every Sunday night 
uh, with these guys is that same kind of love. Uh, if you come into the youth group uh, on Saturday or Sunday nights, uh, you see that that love being shared, and it doesn't matter who you are. Um, and Russ even shared about this as he's been joining us, uh, and and just this community of people who love one another, who share that together, and and I think that's something that we as a church can grab a hold of um, at, in in large as well. So thanks for sharing that, Job. Uh, Casey, same question. Uh, uh, in light of what you have learned in Acts, what does it mean to be a God, part of God's community? Um, I really think that the community of this church is so important because um, we bring a different thing to the table. And I think I really like that really hit me during COVID because nobody was really meeting. But I saw how important it actually was to get together. Because um, Joe may bring something different than I don't bring and I would have never thought of. And so I think it's really cool for everybody to come together and really um, show one another what it's like to have this family that has your back through um, everything. And you wouldn't have gotten that if you're just watching it online because, you know, like being together as a family is way more important than just watching it and taking in what Pastor S says, which you totally should do, but the fact that everybody is here and you get to fellowship with other believers and people that are like you and come from different backgrounds and everybody adding in a different um, a different aspect of what they have learned from the scripture and what Pastor S is saying, I think that is one of the most important things of this Sunrise community and what he, we have been doing here. Amen. I think that rubbing up against each other, right? I think scripture says iron sharpens iron. And uh, one thing that we haven't figured out yet with technology is how to do that through the internet. And so uh, I think that that's important for us to know that, that gathering together is what helps us grow in, and to be more like Christ. Um, a big thing that hit for me while reading Acts was the fellowship of believers, but outside of church, I feel like. A bunch of us, or I know me especially, can get in this rut that Sunday is for God, but every day should be for God, and that I should spend my time with other believers outside of just church, and just really getting to know the word with other believers, but not just on Sundays, every day. And um, that's something that's been great for me during COVID, is actually with youth group, just really diving into the word with them and we started small groups where we get to hear a little bit what everyone has to say about the scripture and that has really been amazing for me. Um, another thing that has been really cool is just a reminder that just because you don't go to the same church doesn't mean that you can't fellowship with them because we've had a few people they aren't here today but they go to a different church but they come to youth group on Sundays and it's been really amazing just get to knowing them and then having that fellowship with them and it's so cool and I've just really enjoyed being with this group and learning about the early church in Acts and it's really been amazing just and inspiring for us to really show this is what the first church was like and what ways we can make it better and it's just amazing that we have a group of people who really want to do that and really want to learn more about Christ. And yeah, I'm super excited about what we've learned through Acts and what we're going to be doing with that and just fellowshipping outside um, of church. And I think that's something for all of us to learn and come from too. Like, um, 
Bible studies or anything like that just to get to know God's word more with other people, but outside of church over food, over a meal, and just to get to know more about God through that way. So that was something that really inspired me in Acts. One of the things I love that we learned, and we talked about this a lot, was uh, this idea that uh, we see that in the scripture that Job read, the Acts 2, 42 through 47, it says that they had everything in common. And so we started diving into that, this first church. It's Pentecost Day, or Pentecost Sunday. And one thing we should remember is that Peter came out, and part of what was happening, the miracle that was happening, was that everyone was speaking different languages, which should help us understand that they were from different backgrounds. They had different styles of, of living right, life. Um, and so uh, it, it says that they had everything in common. I think what that really highlights is they had the most thing, important thing in common, which is the fact that they understood, they were in, uh, given the ability to know from the Holy Spirit who Jesus was. And that's what was most important. That's what bonded them together. And so that being from different backgrounds could be celebrated, but they had the most important thing in common. And that's one thing that we get to see here at Sunrise, especially at large, but also in youth group, is to understand that, yeah, we're going to have different views on a lot of different areas. We probably even voted for different people in the last election, or we didn't vote, or whatever, you know. But those things are secondary things, Uh, especially they didn't vote. Um, But... But what's most important is that we know that Jesus died for our sins, that he is Lord of our life. And if we have that in common, then we have the most important thing in common. Lincoln, uh, based upon what you've learned from Acts 10, which was this kind of opening the door to the Gentile people, we were talking about that, and Peter's vision um, uh, and the the salvation coming to the Gentiles, uh, who gets to be a part of our group of Christians. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think um, in this um, passage, he sh- gives them the vision, and he tells them, he shows them, he gives them pigs, you know, or shows them pigs and other um, cows and stuff, and he says, slaughter them, eat them. And so what this means is at the time, they, were, they weren't able to eat unclean foods or living animals of the sorts. And so... Um, yeah, so basically what he says is he's opening the door for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from, anyone can be a Christian. And I think that's important to remember and to grow our community because without evangelism or spreading the word, um, there's a, we wouldn't even have a community in the first place. So I think that's important to remember. And so I, th- I like um, how later in the chapter he goes and sits down with some of the Gentiles and eats with them even though it's unclean um i think it's showing a new i think it's showing us what sometimes we often ignore is that we are sometimes closed and i think we should obviously remain open to spread the word and the gospel so awesome i think something we talked about uh, as we were prepping for today was about getting out of our comfort zone right lincoln Uh, we were talking about how uh going to that those gentiles house was not where Peter felt most comfortable. In fact, later on, he fails because he was with, uh, he kind of steers away from the Gentiles because that wasn't his comfort zone, right? And so it's important for us to, to be looking for those opportunities where God's going to nudge us and push us uh, and, and to spread his love in his kingdom to, to places that uh, he wants to go. And so uh, can we just give a round of applause for these amazing youth? Applause. 
they have been uh, working at it, and uh, I just so much appreciate. Uh, it was kind of almost a test, uh, you know, in a sense. Uh, we got together this last week, and I was like, what do you remember? And I have to admit that I think I was more nervous than them on that question because it was like, you know, how have I done, right? <laughs> so, um, but it, they did an awesome job. And uh, I want to end our, our service today, or my part of the service today, with this. It's, it's Peter's words at the end of Acts. After they had heard his sermon given on Pentecost Day, and the, the people asked him, how should we respond? What should we do uh, after this? And he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, your children, and for all who are far off, for all who the Lord our God will call. And that is the promise, that is the hope, that is the inheritance that we are given, thanks to God. Will you pray with me? God, thank you so much that you have adopted us into your family, that we may be called your children, Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would help us to to live in light of your scripture, God, that you would uh, give us a hunger for your word. God, I pray that as we open our, our scriptures, God, that we would see that it is you who have been involved in the rescue plan for our lives all throughout history. From Genesis on, God, you have been constantly working a plan so that we may come to know who you are. And it is only by your power, God, that we may know that and we may learn that. And so, uh, God, we rely on you to be our teacher. God, that you are our good father and you pass down your information, your, your legacy down to us and, and help us as your children to be willing to learn from you, to know that we have a part in that learning, God, to open our ears, to open the scriptures to you. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to be called your sons and your daughters. And help us now as we sing our praises to you to, to be able to know that you love us and we thank you for that. In your name we pray, amen.